Brave to Believe, baseball podcast episode 3-7. No time for an intro today. Way too much to get to. Bryce, JC, both back with you this week. JC, what's going on? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Ready to dive into it. So much to get to and very little time to get to it. So we are diving in headfirst as we speak. Uh, we're back recording on a Wednesday this week. Just because so much has went on, Braves currently in the first game of a doubleheader against the Yankees. Ronnie Acuna Jr., back. Nick Barkakis, back. Ian Anderson, top pitching prospect, called up. No hits through three innings. Things feel good at the moment. So, coming into today, my hopes are high. I feel better in, than in recent weeks. Think Good things are happening, and we're currently... Three up, up, nope, four to nothing off of Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in the American League. It's a good day to be a Braves fan, JC. Yeah, and you're also assisted by the fact that the National League East, uh, it appears no one else wants to win the division. So if the Braves can just keep their head above water, it's really theirs for the taking. This has been, I've, I thought that this was a big series coming in against the Yankees this week. Uh, as poorly as the Braves have played them uh, in recent history, it was going to be vital that they have a good showing. We're in the third inning currently. Three home runs off of Garrett Cole through three innings. Dansby went deep. Acuna hit one 473 in the first at bat of the game, which was just a moonshot. And then uh, Ozuna just went deep as well. Ian Anderson looks very good in his first outing in the big leagues, uh, getting up there about 96, 97, actually throwing a little bit harder than I anticipated. So he looks good. Hopefully that's a good sign for things to come in the rotation. Uh, hopefully he can step in and, and be a consistent factor for this rotation because we've got a trade deadline coming up, and I still feel like the Braves might make a move, but he could be uh, a really a really important piece for the Braves moving forward through the rest of the season. Um, so, like I said, I, I feel good. Uh, we There's been a lot going on. Uh, the Braves were rained out yesterday. That's why they're having a doubleheader today. Uh, but overall, things are moving back in the right direction. Ozzie Albies moving towards a return, and I feel like when you get Marquecas back, you get Acuna back, Albies can step back in. Hopefully, I'm, I would say within another week, this lineup, like you said, with the way that the division's playing, I feel good about the Braves' chances moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You hope that Anderson can step in and be a big, uh, big part of that rotation. I also agree. I think the Braves get a starter uh, somehow at the deadline. Now, I don't know. We've discussed off the air whether that's a Kevin Gossman or maybe someone higher profile. Uh, Taiwan Walker is also in the discussion, but. I think they have to go out and get a uh, get another starter just to kind of fill in for some depth down the stretch. But like you said, Ian Anderson, if he can come in and can be a mainstay, Max Fried's been unbelievable. Stepped in and basically took the role of what Mike Soroka was last year, so he's kind of anchoring the rotation. And uh, yeah, could be a huge huge lift. One thing I will say, kind of a caveat to uh, the game today. I'm not actually watching. I mean, you're you're giving us updates there. Garrett Cole, not as sharp the last two starts. I, I, I agree with you, you know, one of the top pitchers in baseball. I, I don't know if there's something going on there, uh, but he had some issues his last start and then along with today. Um, and that, that's not to take away from what the Braves are doing, but you got to hope the – you think of the Yankees are hoping this is just a little blip, uh, a team that we're going to see this weekend, not see Cole in particular. But, yeah, it's uh, – the Braves are teeing off, and like you said, everything's rolling. 
And I think that this is we, – we haven't got had as much experience with Cole with the years that he spent in the American League. But from what I'm aware, it's always been a little bit of his style to a lot of get a lot of strikeouts but also allow home runs. He's always been kind of a – if he's going to allow home runs he's or he's going to allow runs, he's going to allow homers uh, more often than not solo to, to two run homers because he takes those chances in those counts and when guys aren't on base. So – He's smart in that way, but he does allow long balls. He, he, he gets up in the zone with his fastball, and if you can get around on it, you, you can hit it a long way, but that's a big if. So, And to that point, I think he has six strikeouts through three innings so far in this game, but he's allowed a few home runs, so it, it kind of goes along with what you expect from him. But, yeah, I, he his, his stuff is there, it feels like, but I don't know uh, if, he's, if he's having some issues, and it does seem like he's been getting hit around a little more than, than previously, but... Uh, I don't have enough experience to say, you know, how sharp he really is right now. But, I mean, with six strikeouts, he's still doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to kind of how the Braves have performed and where they're at now that we're about to hit the halfway point of the season, it uh, or maybe for some teams have hit that point, I, I'm willing to be comfortable in saying this, and I'm not doing it to give Braves fans a big head or yourself. I don't see a way. I'm not willing to say they're going to win the division, although that looks – like there's a good chance of that happening. I don't see how this team doesn't make the playoffs. I see them as no worse than a second place team in a division with filled with mediocrity right now. That's kind of my feeling that and that's what um you know as 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 negative as I've been or or pessimistic in 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 recent episodes just because of the state of of injuries and kind of the way they've been playing, the way the offense has looked, I've they're still not they still have not yet played their best baseball I think so I think that there is still that run in them to where you can go on a stretch of of maybe eight or nine games where they can really hit their stride get the offense going get pitching that's good enough to to keep you in ball games because that's really all they need right now and they've gotten that in in the last couple weeks but it's still there's too many games where the the starting rotation has just been too inconsistent, um, but I think that you've resolved that a little bit in sending Tuki Toussaint down, uh, sending Kyle Wright back down, sending uh, Newcomb down. So those guys at least haven't been there uh, in their in their inconsistencies. But you're still going to have to get that pitching from somewhere, and you're still going to have to make some some decisions down the stretch. You sent Pache Christian Pache back down, who's your number one prospect. Uh, but is he going to play a role down down the stretch? Is he going to be up for for defensive purposes? Is he, um, you know, what are you going to do with Andrew Ziarte, who still can't hit a lick and, and is terrible at the plate? Uh, Johan Camargo, what's his role going to be? Because Austin Riley's basically taken over at third base. There's still question marks that have to be figured out, but I think you still have enough time and for guys to get hot and for these some of these things to to filter themselves out that they can make a run at this and stay consistent because like I think I said it last episode we're almost halfway through the season you've all you just got to make it for another month another 30 days basically and and keep your head above water and unless one of these other teams goes on a real hot stretch which none of nobody's done so far and has hasn't given you an indication that they're going to I feel good about where the Braves are at especially with the the extra playoff spots I guess the only other question I would have would be pertaining to the closer the Braves have been uh, from what I've seen, pretty pretty steadfast in leaving Melanson in that role. Uh, Will Smith, to me, probably makes more sense. I just don't think Melanson, in the long term, or at least down the stretch, is going to hold up in that position 
Uh, do you think there will be a change uh, with that if they keep winning? Obviously, it's not as much of an issue, but you think that's something they approach uh, not as the trade deadline comes, but as the season progresses? I don't see anything. I don't see a move being made unless Melanson really struggles, and he has been a little bit uh, more stressful maybe in his last couple outings, but he's going to have to he's going to have to struggle a little bit more before they're going to commit to making a move and you've got to get I think Will Smith is your next option for me and I, you've got to get him hotter than what he is right now. He's got to get more of the rust off because he did he did have a delayed start to the season due to being on the covid list and so he's he struggled a bit out of the gate but if he can get right and he can you can really see it in some of his outings to where he's getting comfortable and he's becoming like his old self then you can consider that should Melanson falter but Snitz he's been very uh dedicated to Melanson just because Melanson has had some some success in that in that closer role but it's gonna take a few more rough outings from Melanson before before making a um any types of of moves but Will Smith regardless either way what role he's in he's got to get more experience or not experience but more um, more reps. He's got to get more in the game a little bit more so that he can be better, especially if we're going to go into the postseason. Before we move on to kind of the Braves' schedule breakdown as we head into the next uh, this weekend and in the next week, um, thoughts on the trade deadline? I know we mentioned doing a possible trade deadline show on Monday next week. Uh, give me some predictions uh, just for the Braves. You don't have to go widespread across the league, but uh, what do you think the Braves, uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier, what do you think that what was the outcome of the trade deadline for them? I do think that we're going to at least be in the running for a mid-rotation starter. Uh, I think we're going to go after – I think Gossman could be one that we that we make a call on just because it, I think he could be had for a relatively low price. He's having a really good year. We have experience with him, and he's only going to be on your staff through the rest of the year. So he's not going to – there's no there's – no, um, you know, extended term that you have to take on a big contract or anything. So I at least think they'll make that call. I think you make a call on maybe a Lance Lynn just to see what the price is, but he he's going to come with another year of control, and he's one of the best pitchers in the American League right now, so that one's going to be super high. But I think if you're, if you're going in with realistic expectations, go in looking for a Kevin Gossman or that type to where it's going to be maybe a shorter term and not cost you as much. Yeah, I could very easily see that happen. I don't think they're going to do anything that's going to be – although they have the prospect inventory, I don't see them making some um, some deal that really costs their future um, when they're in pretty good shape at the current moment. Yeah. Uh, you want to take a look at the, uh, what the where they're headed this weekend and maybe towards the, towards the first part of next week for the Braves? So, yeah, we have uh, the doubleheader today, which is Wednesday uh, with the Yankees, and then one more with the Yankees tomorrow – then we go to Philadelphia Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we are in Boston next week. I think that's our first series with the Red Sox for three. So uh, some more winnable games in there. If that, we've had some pretty good luck against the Phillies so far this year, and um, Boston is not playing very well right now. So some good good chances for some wins, especially on the road coming up. All right. Are you ready to move on for the doom and gloom? Unless you have more positive Braves news you want to share, we can head over to Queens and the cluster that is the New York Mets. When we last joined you, we didn't know when the Mets would play again, and it was actually, uh, Bryce was right on the nose. We didn't play over the weekend, uh, but the outbreak was contained to only one player and one coach. 
that's been narrowed down looks like to Tom Tomas Nito or uh, Jimenez and then the coaches Hen, Hensley Mullins and Gary DeSarcina I think they just kind of put two of each to kind of cover up so you don't really know who it is you know it's one of the couple of those four but uh, the Mets were back in action last night against the Marlins their schedule breaks down as this they played two last night against the Marlins we'll get to that in a moment uh, Jake's on the mound tonight uh, they play one more with the Marlins tomorrow is that right yes I think it's just one more tomorrow, sorry. And then uh, two with the Yankees on Friday, one with the Yankees on Saturday, and then finish up that with two more uh, against them on Sunday. So a lot of games in very few days. And if last night was an indication, this is not going to go well for the Mets. They basically were sleepwalking through the two games, did not score a run, were shut out for the first time, I believe, in some 40-something years in a doubleheader. And, Bryce, I don't know how much you saw of it, but it was a train wreck, and really the wheels fell off at the end of the second game. It was bad enough in the first game. Uh, Birdie, John Birdie for the Marlins, stole second. He actually walked, stole second, stole third, and then stole home on what was possibly the worst played <laughs> American uh, major league uh, catching play I've seen in since I've ever watched baseball. Uh, it was a lollipop throw back to the pitcher. So Birdie took off. Familia then threw a terrible throw that was not caught by Ali Sanchez, who it appears has no business being in the game. And before I go on, this isn't going to get any better, is it, Bryce? So I've had some thoughts about this as I was watching uh, the last part of the game last night and because I did catch some of the Mets game. First off, what do you contribute yesterday to in terms of the COVID break that they had off for a few days. How much do you think that plays a role into it? Because that's I, I, that kind of depends. I think that kind of alters what my what my the hotness of my take will be. Well, I don't think it helps. And when I say that, it, which I, I don't really know, position player wise, I feel like all of the position players have a chance to go get in a cage somewhere or have somebody throw them some BP. Uh, maybe they are locked down to the point where they can't do anything. Degrom couldn't throw a a bullpen until two days ago, so that's why he didn't pitch last night. Um, I think it didn't help, but it still doesn't explain 0 for 14 uh, over those two games. And these guys are major league hitters. Five days off shouldn't just turn them into guys who can't do anything at the plate. That doesn't make any sense. And, hey, to to that point, the Yankees today, same same deal. They didn't play yesterday, so this is their first series back since they had kind of the same break. No runs through four innings. I think they have one hit. So you you might be able to, to write it off as, as it, it does affect players in that way, that they're just cold because they haven't played in a few days. But watching that last night, I have to say, it feels like, and you could, you're could you the Mets fan, correct me if I'm wrong here, that feels like a moment that you're going to look back on and go, I think that's that might have sealed the fate of Luis Ro- Louis Rojas as a manager. Just because... And granted, you have a rookie out there who is its one of his first times catching. I think it was maybe his first game catching. But just the unawareness and how they had played the whole day shows me that there's a team that is really lacking something. And I don't know whose fault it is, but in those situations, that's when it falls on the manager. Because you, don't, you somebody has to step up and say, that entire day of baseball yesterday was just unacceptable. Top no, to bottom. I agree, and after I, I heaped praise on Rojas last week, I I don't know. 
he's very positive, as I mentioned, which is really a good thing. Um, this really leads to what is really my only point, in the words of Michael Scott. Um, between the manager and the GM, I think they both know, and you hate to think it's something off the field, I think they both know with the change in ownership, which, like we said, anything can happen or fall apart, is looking more and more certain by the day, that they're probably uh, working to keep their jobs at this point, which is scary on Brody's part and kind of sad on Rojas's part because he just got this job that he's been waiting for for years. And if if they don't have a good showing in the second half of this season, as much as it pains me to say it, I don't see him back next year. And, and I think he's a nice guy. I think he could be a good manager. But this is really probably he's been thrown into the fire. Uh, not to say he was ill-prepared, but it was really a perfect storm in that a shortened season, he had to just get to it. They had a few weeks to warm up. And then it's like, okay, so he's really under the magnifying glass. And I hate to say it, I just don't I don't think he's long for this Mets manager world if uh, if they can't turn it around in the second half. I think so, I, and that was going to be my my other point is that the Mets, you're you're going to see here the next uh, few days with as many games as they have on the schedule. That's going to show you something if if they still have some fight left in them. But if they can't put something together down the stretch, I don't see how you can have this uh, a change in ownership over the over the off season and be content with what you've seen this year. That that's going to be what's going to get you to the next level moving forward. So I, I'm in agreement there. They have to show something or else you're looking at, I think, a total cleaning of the house uh, organizationally uh, once the new ownership comes in uh, during the offseason, whoever that may be. And well, that's the part I, that kind of disappoints me in that I'm not Brody's biggest fan. I also don't think he's the worst at his job. He's made some bad decisions. But the part that scares me is I think he put together a really good cabinet, if you will, of guys under him from scouting to anything you look at through the minors he's put together a good crew and those guys are probably going to be gone too i mean i'm not trying to be super pessimistic on their chances but it just doesn't look good and that leads me to my next point so i'm going to just rail on the people that deserve to stay and don't deserve to stay and this may be a weird rant for midway through the season or looking into 2021 uh ahmed rosario I don't know if he has a spot on this team anymore. And I know that's crazy, somebody who was a number one prospect just a few years ago. And we actually got a chance to see him play in Nashville along with Dominic Smith, who has really went the opposite direction. He's turned himself into a mediocre left fielder, which for him is great, a position he's never really played. Made a great catch last night. He's tearing the cover off the ball. Just great at bats. He walks. He does what he needs to do. And Rosario... I think he's feeling the heat from Jimenez. We've talked about that, who is currently on the IIL. Hopefully he'll be back sooner than later. Uh, but the talk is really picking up, and I, I just don't know. A guy that they were so high on, has he's taken really a step backwards. Last year, uh, the, down the stretch, he really came alive, and it's really just been a big step backwards. So before I move on to any other players, your thoughts on Rosario and what, what can the Mets do with him, do you think? I think he's going to have to be part of a, a, a deal, possibly at the deadline. Um, I, I've told you that he, in, in viewing it from an outsider's perspective or, or a fan of another team in the division, he looks like a guy who has lost his confidence. And I don't blame him because he's had a, a younger guy who seems to be more prepared um, at this point in time that's coming up, that's come up and, and essentially taken his job. So 
I just don't think he's his confidence is there. I think he's going to have to move on somewhere else, and I think that you just put him uh, as part of a package that he should be should get some interest because the guy's shown he can play. Um, but I just don't think his his spot is in New York anymore. I agree. Wilson Ramos, who's a free agent, I mean, he may have an option after this season. No interest whatsoever. <laughs> Pay whatever that buyout is. He's slow. He can't catch. He can't hit anymore, which is really disappointing. And I don't think he can call a good game. I think he may he call. I think that's part of the reason the pitching has struggled some, is he has no business being back there. And we really have no other options, especially with Nito out, who was actually hitting the ball. So Wilson Ramos, Sayonara, good riddance after this year. And uh, we got to find a catcher. Hopefully JT Realmuto. I know everybody will be in on him. But the Mets really have to address that position in the off season. Yeah, that was going to be one of my other points, and we'll we'll get through this one quickly, but. Um... Going into this offseason, I think you throw. I think your plan has to be you throw the entire bank at Real Muto, uh, try to to lure him in. But if you have this scenario where it doesn't work out with Rojas, maybe B, BVW loses his job. Do you think there's any that's that that works against you in free agency? That Real Muto's could possibly be going from the Phillies, who have been kind of a mess on the field, and then he looks at going into this whole new situation with new ownership, new management. Do you think that that hurts your appeal, or do you think that that possibly he's just looking at the at the final number he's going to be signing or getting on his paychecks? I don't think it matters. I think it's how many zeros are in that in the contract he's going to sign, and uh, I think if they keep their ducks in a row and make the the ownership transition as as seamless as possible, <laughs> that's a good joke, by the way, because it's never <laughs> going to happen. But let's just hope that they can make it. Uh, you know, as smooth as possible on that end. I know we're kind of running out of time. We're trying to keep it a little brief this week, but I just want to touch on by the deadline. I think the Mets are going to do something stupid, and I don't <laughs> want to say that because I feel like our farm system has actually jumped. I think five or six spots, according to whichever list you look at, uh, a farm system that was towards the very bottom of the league, and now they actually have some prospects. But people want those prospects, and if you're not going to win this year, what's the point of trying to make a deal? I mean, you can look at the division like we talked about and maybe think, oh, well, you know, we're only three games, three or four games out. We can come back and, and get in this thing. Uh, but I don't know if this team's built for that. We need a starter. Now, if you're telling me they can get a Trevor Bauer and keep him around and extend him long term, maybe I'm listening. Other than that, I don't – I think they'll wind up with a mid-range uh, – not even a mid-range rotation guy, a back-of-the-end rotation guy. And they're probably going to overpay for him, and they're going to give up somebody that Mets fans are going to be livid about. But that's what I expect from them at the trade deadline. Yeah, I think that that's the safe thing. Bauer's going to be the interesting one because he has been on the record that's saying that he's only going to sign one-year deals whenever he reaches free agency. So that's something that every team, I think, is going to be watching out for for him next year. But I don't know about the Mets. I, I, don't, know what, I don't really know what their strategy is going to be. Last year, I, I didn't really see them as buyers, and then they went in and, and pulled off the Stroman deal. So from, from Brody's... Uh, uh, kind of remarks so far it seems like they're not going to to mortgage the future uh, which I think is is smart for anybody but um, or for anybody especially in this season with this as with the crazy way that the playoff odds are going to be but uh, I'm interested to see what they do but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do pull off a deal well we're going to know where the Mets stand by Sunday uh, assuming that the weather doesn't play a role I know we got the hurricane that's coming through is kind of going to be moving its way back up northeast. If you look at the path of this thing, it's crazy. But um, the schedule for the Mets, as I mentioned, they finish up with the Marlins, head to uh, Yankee Stadium for the weekend, and then I believe they head to Baltimore. They may have, I think they have Monday off. So we'll see where they stand on Sunday. By the time we record Monday, I'll probably be in full uh, console mode. This season will be over. 
Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Well, we're going to tie a bow on it this week. We appreciate you joining us. We uh, kept this episode a little shorter, as we said, but we'll be back with you on Monday to try to sum up what, uh, what's happening at the trade deadline. Bryce, you know, tell them where they can reach out to us or give us a like. Sure. Find us uh, Twitter and Instagram, Brave, at Brave, the number two, Believe. Shoot us an email, uh, Brave, the number two, Believe, pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or leave us a review, hopefully five stars on iTunes. We appreciate all of your feedback, and we'll follow up with you uh, next week. On, uh, we'll be recording on Monday and get that out to you as soon as we can with our trade deadline reactions for JC. I'm Bryce, and we'll talk to you next week on the Brave to Believe baseball podcast.